Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Krista put a sticker on the wall. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, back on the tube today, and the new ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. I'm Coulter Nuanez. I'm coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Ton to get to today. It's a Tuesday, so that means, of course, it's a Taglieri Tuesday. We have some free Taglieri for you. A $25 gift card coming up in about 45 minutes, so stay tuned for that. We also have some of our other Tuesday staples. Treasure State Stars, some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. And a business angle with Justin Angle. Uh, the business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. A overlay between business and sports. A talk about the rise and fall of preeminent athletes and how sometimes the fall can actually enhance their marketability by humanizing them. Also, an interesting conversation about the detriments of streaming when it comes to live sporting event attendance. Maybe not the only factor, but certainly a factor. And uh, we'll also have an update on what's going on in the wide world of soccer. So a lot of your Tuesday staples, but also a Wednesday staple on a Tuesday. Last Wednesday, Sam Herter, Hero Sports, was unable to join us. He had a little bit of an emergency he had to take care of. Usually he leads Wednesday's shows with us, talking all things FCS on a national level. Uh, But we didn't get to recap with Sam last week. So a belated and a delayed, but a very welcome recap of the FCS National Championship game. South Dakota State rolls past North Dakota State to win their first ever national championship and knock North Dakota State off in Frisco for the first time uh, in 10 matchups. North Dakota State was 9-0 before uh, the recent FCS National Championship game lost to SDSU. Sam was there on hand, so he'll give us his perspective both for the game itself, but also what it means for the Missouri Valley Football Conference and the rest of the FCS and what's the future look like uh, in Frisco, Texas. So Sam will join us here in about five minutes. And then we'll just keep on keep it on with an otherwise pretty standard Tuesday slate. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show, you always can, either on the ESPN MT app or on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. Speaking of the app, Grizz Hockey returns uh, in full force uh, tomorrow. They have a couple midday games each of the next two days. 12.30 puck drop from the Glacier Ice Rink both Wednesday and Thursday. So stay tuned for that. We got some Grizz Hockey tickets for you coming up as well here. Uh, Pretty much every day this week we'll be giving you Grizz Hockey tickets courtesy of Katie O'Keefe. So uh, we look forward to uh, that. And so stay tuned for that. If you want to be a part of any and all of our giveaways or you want to be a part of this show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us, text us anytime, particularly when we're giving you stuff for free. But also if you want to be a part of the show, you got questions, comments, concerns, any sort of feedback, 406 
888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Last Tuesday was a crazy day. It was our first sort of quote-unquote standard Tuesday show of 2023. The first, like, by the book, how we sort of have the the show segmented out. I also had, I believe by the end of the day last Tuesday, I had 11 different interviews that I had to take care of. Today, hardly any of that stuff. I did record by standard uh, hit with my brother, Brooks Duanas, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as our resident uh, betting aficionado when it comes to the NFL. Um, But other than that, a little bit more of a wide-open Tuesday. Why? Because last week I was talking to all the people involved in basketball because usually you're two days ahead of the games uh, for your interviews, for previews, and stuff like that. And uh, this week, no games during the uh, until Saturday when we have a doubleheader between Montana and Montana State uh, here in Missoula, 2 p.m. for the, the ladies' game and then uh, 7 p.m. for the guys' game. But also no interviews today because half the teams from around the state of Montana were still coming back from their recent road trips. Uh, Montana and Montana State's men's teams were on the road last night. The Grizz at Eastern Washington, the Cats at Idaho. Then the women's teams were here uh, in the state of Montana. And uh, the Lady Grizz hosted Eastern and the Cats hosted Idaho. So before we get to Sam Herter, let's go through those results quickly. We'll analyze them a little bit more a little bit later on. But um, the only winner out of the four Division I basketball teams from Montana were the Montana State women. Last night they beat Idaho 72-65. Darian White 16 points, 11 rebounds to pace the Bobcats. K.J. Lamardo also hit a huge three, uh, which was one of only four threes for the Cats. Actually, one of only three threes, excuse me, for the Cats in this game. Uh, but it was a huge one to sort of give them some breathing room in the fourth quarter, and Lamardo also ended up with nine points and 10 rebounds. Lexi Deaton, a Missoula Sentinel product, she shipped in 11 points for the Bobcats. Idaho got 27 points and eight rebounds from Beyonce B. They hit 10 three-pointers, but still, Idaho... Struggling right now. They've now lost, uh, I believe, three, maybe even four in a row for the Vandals. So um, certainly some work to be done for John Newley's squad. Across the rest of the Montana games from last night, though, those are the only four games in the league, all involving Montana schools. In Moscow, Montana State, who's been one of the hottest teams in the league, they lose for the second time in three years in Moscow. Idaho has not been very good. And, in fact, the last time the Bobcats lost there, that was their only league win for the Vandals. Well, the Vandals get another one last night. Devontae Moffitt scores 32 points. He missed nine free throws, and he still scored 32 points. It was crazy to watch. Moffitt can get his shot at any time. He's an unbelievable player for Idaho. And to Montana State, they stubbed their toe uh, in the Monday game. On the road in Cheney, the Montana men, they fell. Uh, it was 57-57 with about three minutes to play. Eastern ends the game on a 7-0 run. So Eastern Washington moves to 6-0 in Big Sky Conference play for the first time ever in their program's history with a 64-57 win over Montana. The Grizz, 3-4 in league play. They're 0-4 on league games that aren't on Saturdays. So the Grizz definitely have uh, some work to do. But then probably the most uh, eye-opening, shocking result was the game here in Missoula. Unreal. I've never seen the Lady Grizz take it on the chin like they did last night against Eastern Washington at home. I mean, crazy. Eastern was up 23 points at halftime, 48-25. Crazy the way the the Eagles shot the ball in the first half. J.D. Martin, she lit it. She had 22 points in the first half. She ends up with 33 points overall, and Eastern boat races Montana. They were up by as many as 38 points last night, and they win going away 87-60. So Eastern... An upstart team, Lady Grizz coming off of a road sweep of Weber State and Idaho State. Not the way you want to go into uh, the rivalry showdown, but uh, fresh slate now this week with the rivalry coming up. Uh, So uh, certainly uh, we'll see who can get back on track or in the Montana State women's scenario, who can carry uh, the momentum. Should be a fun one here at Dahlberg Arena with two sweet basketball games coming up. Uh, on Saturday. So there's a, your look around the Big Sky Conference. You can always find coverage of all things Big Sky Conference here at Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as uh, SkylineSportsMT.com. 
Thanks so much for following along. Need a place to watch NFL playoffs? Need a place to watch uh, any sort of Big Sky Conference action? Any and all the games you might want to watch, head on down to the Silver Slipper. They got uh, dozens and dozens of big screen TVs, drink specials. Uh, there's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. Check out the Silver Slipper uh, on the uh, south side of town there at the end of Brook Street. The Silver Slipper. Uh, come find out why they are one of Montana's uh, hidden gems. Football season uh, is always going on, but we haven't uh, had a chance to fully turn the page on the uh, the FCS National Championship game, but we will do that right now. Sam Herter, Hero of Sports, joins us here on Nuanas Now, and uh, he was there in person once again in Frisco. Uh, Sam, miss seeing you this year since there was no Big Sky Conference uh Representative, we were not down there in Frisco, but uh, just take us through it before we get into the analysis of the game. I mean, what was the scene like? You've been to a lot of these now, and uh, the one common factor has always been North Dakota State. But I mean, what did you think of just the, the time in Frisco? How was the the turnout, the atmosphere, uh, the party, all the stuff that goes along with the national championship game? Yeah, I think it was as good as it as it's ever been, and that's uh, a large part to South Dakota State and the Jackrabbit fans this year. Honestly, reminded me of what North Dakota State fans were like in 2012, 13, 14, 15 in the early years uh, where, you know, in, in the early years when NDSU was there, it was a little more rambunctious, um, you know, a little less subdued uh, compared to when NDSU is there now, which, you know, it's not a shot at the Bison fan base because when you do something, you know, 10 years basically in a row, it uh, kind of becomes second nature and it's, it's less of a celebration and more of a uh, tradition for NDSU fans. Uh, but South Dakota State fans, you know, did what NDSU fans kind of bragged about, uh, you know, going back eight, seven, eight years ago that, you know, they, they drank bars dry two nights in a row. You know, the bars ran out of beer <laughs> at 9.30 p.m. You know, they, they, they packed bars, they packed restaurants, they sang karaoke, they chanted about their team, they chanted about North Dakota State. Uh, they had a lively tailgating scene. Uh, they packed the opposite sides of the um, the, the stands opposite of the, of the main TV camera. So, um, you know, the you know, the TV, all you saw was, was a bunch of blue. And so it was, you know, a heck of a scene. And, you know, I talked about it last year too with Montana state, when you have a new team to Frisco, a new fan base to Frisco, they kind of just bring a different level of energy. Um, and obviously South Dakota state made it in the spring, but this was just, you know, kind of, kind of different with no, you know, COVID concerns. And so, um, you know, NDSU fans, obviously shout out to them. It was probably 50, 50 there um, in the stands. NDSU fans showed out, um, you know, they tailgated well, they, they packed bars as well. It was just, it was just, I went to both, you know, I had, I had to stay neutral, right? You, you go to North Dakota State <laughs> bars it. one night, then you, then you go to South Dakota State bars the other night, and there was just kind of a, a different level of energy when it came to the bars that were packed with blue. 18,023, the official announced attendance. It was a beautiful day in Frisco, much better weather than the national championship game a year before. Um, at South Dakota State, they own the day, a 45-21 win over North Dakota State. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, as well as Bet MGM senior FCS analyst covering the FCS on a national level better than anybody joining us here on Nuanas now. The uh, the game, Sam, I thought was uh it was it was striking to watch how much South Dakota State was able to exert their authority over North Dakota State. I know that the end spread ends up, you know, 24 points, but uh South Dakota State was running away with this game. Uh, at halftime and then early in the third quarter. And mostly it was because of gigantic gash plays. And that's something we're not accustomed to seeing North Dakota State give up, particularly prior to this year. But we saw some vulnerabilities in the Bison all season long. And then when it was all said and done, South Dakota State, a resounding victory. And I thought that they asserted themselves in a variety of ways, whether it was the way that they beat North Dakota State or just how clear it was how much better talent they had, not only than NDSU, but than Montana State. And, I mean, during their whole playoff run, they basically showed that they were the cream of the FCS crop. Uh, so what do you, what'd you think of just the action at hand? Uh, were you at all surprised that South Dakota State was able to muster so many big plays and gash North Dakota State the way that they did? Yeah, I think that part of it was surprising. The lopsided win, I think, was was a bit surprising. Um, you know, I, I had South Dakota State winning. A lot of people actually had South Dakota State winning uh, this game from media to uh, assistant coaches, head coaches, media, um, you know, all, all that. A lot of people had the Jackrabbits winning, but I don't know if a lot of people saw 
SDSU handling NDSU like they did, and it was you know kind of the bully getting bullied. And we've seen NDSU do this to a lot of teams, and then they got kind of handed a dose of their own medicine, I guess. And you look at South Dakota State, and we talk a lot about the championship formula and what you need to do to win a national title. And South Dakota State basically checked off all of those boxes, not only throughout the season, but in this game, what, you know, stifling the run, forcing a few turnovers, owning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, uh, two running backs over 100 yards, a dual-threat quarterback that spreads it out, um, you know, pretty solid on special teams uh, as well. Um, some, some wrinkles here or there, some coaching stuff, some scheme stuff here or there. It was just a complete performance by South Dakota State and one that kind of um, – you know, kind of, it leaves a different narrative. I, I wrote a few years, uh, a few weeks ago, that the national championship result kind of sets the narrative throughout the off season. And if South Dakota State won by three points on a game-winning field goal, you know, the narrative might be a little bit different compared to South Dakota State. You know, did what they did, and that was basically dominate NDSU. Now the narrative has kind of shifted to well, now you know, if South Dakota State is kind of the team that everyone is chasing, and South Dakota State is just with the fact that they have a four-game winning streak on NDSU and how they won, now all of a sudden that South Dakota State has a little bit of a gap over North Dakota State right now in the FCS. The, I want to get to more on that in a second, just this, the, uh, what this means for everybody else. But I thought it was striking, too, because North Dakota State has been this phenomenal juggernaut that has seemed untouchable. And from a specifically a Big Sky conference angle, watching team after team go to the Fargo Dome and just meet their demise. No matter how long they were able to sort of hang around, they would always just get run roughshod, whether it was Montana State uh, multiple years in a row, uh, first in Fargo twice and then in Frisco, or whether it was Montana. Uh, this last year, I mean, they were up by a point in the third quarter, but then got completely steamrolled uh, for most of the second half. Because North Dakota State, though, so abruptly ended the season of multiple Big Sky Conference teams, combined with the fact that they were just this peerless program for so long, I actually expected my reaction to them not winning the national championship to be more of a surprise, but it was actually sort of anticlimactic. I don't really know why. I I guess I have thoughts as to why, but, I mean, do you agree? What what did you think of sort of the – I know it's not the full end of the Bison reign. They'll still be a competitive program, no doubt, moving forward. But I I, I guess I I expected it to be a lot more shocking – for NDSU to not be the national champion than it was when it was all said and done. Yeah, and it it was kind of a, a weird lead up to the game because right you know right whenever it was you know in the third quarter by the time we knew that South Dakota State was going to beat Montana State in the semifinals you know a, a lot of us were tweeting buckle up for the next three weeks we finally have NDSU SDSU in the title game social media is going to be interesting it's going to be ugly it's going to be fun. But it really wasn't, you know, in the lead-up to this game. And even in Frisco, you know, going back to the atmosphere leading up to the game, South Dakota State fans were, were confident. You know, they, they kind of felt that, you know, they didn't. I don't, no one was really calling a, a blowout win, but a lot of South Dakota State fans were saying, you know, this is our year. Um, we finally are going to get over the hump. We're going to beat North Dakota State. And, you know, from the Bison fans' perspective, it, it was almost like they were mentally preparing for a loss. Um, you know, it, it I've heard a lot of the most passionate Bison fans say, well, you know, if there's ever a year, you know, that we're going to lose, it's going to be this year. And if South Dakota State doesn't get it done this year, I don't know when they ever will. So it was almost like an expectation, which probably lends its hand to why it was, you know, kind of like you said, you know, it wasn't as much of a holy crap, NSU just lost the national title. It was it was more of, um, you know, yeah, South Dakota State finally got it done. It was kind of that angle of things. And so I think maybe just the lead up to the game and, the fact that and that NDSU kind of was the underdog going into this, maybe that made it a little less emphatic. But at the same time, you know, just the way South Dakota State won and and was basically dominant the whole game, that was maybe kind of a slow bleed uh, as far as um, knowing. All right, you know, we're going to have a new FCS national champion. We kind of knew that once the you know once the middle of the second quarter hit, that South Dakota State was probably going to win that game. You can look at it both sides, right? Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Uh, on one hand, there was sort of this constantly brewing narrative of uh, the sort of the regression of, of North Dakota State. But on the other hand, you could say, all right, th- this team doesn't have the superstar power like they've had in the past, whether it's you know multiple NFL quarterbacks or all the great 
defensive players they've had or even some of the great skill players that they've had. North Dakota State doesn't have any of those type of guys that are, you know, first, second round picks like Christian Watson and Trey Lance. They don't have any of those, you know, Greg Menard, Kyle Manuel, Robbie Grimsley type guys. You, you look at it, though, that they don't have any of those guys. They slow it to the national championship. So um, we'll get to what this means for the rest of the FCS. But what's next for North Dakota State? I mean, do they have a chance to, to sort of reascend and reassert their dominance? Or is this sort of the, the first step to the erosion of the Bison? Yeah, it's it's tough to say. And, you know, there's with most things, two things can be true. And that's you compare this year's NDSU team and you compare uh, the 2021 NDSU team, these last two Bison squads, and you compare them to the 2017, 2018, 2019 squad, and there's no arguing that there's no arguing that yeah, there has been some regression. That these last two teams just didn't quite have you know that whether it's the star power or whether it's that that knockout punch, whatever it is, these last two teams didn't compare it to those 2017, 2018, 2019 teams, and so there has been a regression. At the same time, those 2018 and 2019 teams were some of the all-time best FCS teams, and so that's kind of a, you know, it, it's already a, a, a pretty hard uh, standard uh, to set and expectation to meet if you are North Dakota State. And so you can, I think it is fair to say that, yeah, this year's NSU team just didn't look like past NSU teams and the regression is there. But at the same time, you can also look at that and say, well, they still went 9-2 and two in the regular season. They still made the FCS title game. They still beat a Montana team where this was supposed to be the Grizz year with, with all the defensive star players they had. Uh, they beat Sanford. Uh, they beat a Sanford team that was undefeated throughout the regular season. They beat an Incarnate Word team who had the best FCS offensive player in Lindsey Scott Jr., uh, who had a bunch of FBS transfers. Uh, this was UIW's best team ever, uh, basically. NDSU had defensive players dropping like flies throughout that semifinal game. Cam Miller couldn't even complete two passes in that game. He went one of 12 or something like that. And yet NDSU still found a way to win that game. And so I think there are two things that can be true, and that is, yes, NDSU is regressing in a sense, but at the same time, no one besides South Dakota State has caught NDSU yet. And not only has South Dakota State caught NDSU, they've surpassed NDSU, but just because this NDSU team isn't an all-time great NDSU team doesn't mean that you know the, the top of the FCS isn't any more top-heavy than, than what it has been. I still think there's a gap there between NDSU and, and, and a lot of other teams, even though they maybe, they maybe had some competitive games. Um, in that sense, I, I still don't think that gap is um, – it's getting smaller, yes, but it, it hasn't completely shrunk just yet, in my opinion. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Here on Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. is a senior analyst for Hero Sports and BetMGM. Joined us once a week throughout the football season, putting a bow on the, uh, the, the season that was around the football championship subdivision. We talked about, Sam, uh, sort of from a Big Sky Conference perspective, what are the things that are the gap between the Big Sky and uh, the elite Missouri Valley football conference teams, and that, and that is specifically speaking to North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Uh, in your mind, how close or how far away are the Montana States of the world? I mean, how much – South Dakota State's been the team that's been nipping at North Dakota State's heels the best for the last handful of years. Now they won the national championship by beating the Bison – what can this do for the trajectory of SDSU? And also, does it does it widen the gap uh, between potential uh, contenders like the Montana schools? I think the gap is getting a little smaller, uh, but it's just it, it's slowly getting smaller. And South Dakota State winning it all this year just again kind of goes to show that you need to play in the trenches and, and you need elite play on the offensive and defensive lines. And that's what you know, looking at Montana State specifically. It just, it just shows how good you have to be up front because you look at you look at the 2021 Montana State squad and you look at their front seven and that was we thought it was elite an elite front seven and then they go up against NDSU and it kind of okay that was a pretty good front seven but not an elite front seven and then you look at the 2022 Montana State squad we thought that they had an elite offensive line they go up against South Dakota State and. In hindsight, okay, that was a pretty good offensive line, but it wasn't an elite offensive line. Um, and so I think continuing to uh, to get better um, in the trenches, no matter you know if you're Montana State, Montana, uh, Weber State, you have to go from you know good in in the trenches to elite in the trenches to really close that gap. And that starts with strength and conditioning. That starts with nutrition. Um, you know, just that, those small things of you know just having a either a nutritionist on staff or a nutrition bar in, in your in your you know new 
uh, complex, you know, even small stuff like that, I think uh, gradually helps you close the gap. Um, and so I think that's, that's really the biggest difference because there's, I mean, there's a lot of really good linebackers in the FCS and there's a lot of good running backs. There's a lot of good receivers. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the FCS, but there are, and there's, there's good offensive and defensive linemen, but as a whole, it's really hard to find an entire offensive line unit or a defensive line unit that is, you know, elite, elite that you need to, to win a national title. It's so true, and I think that's the part that's been so startling for particularly Big Sky Conference followers and particularly followers of, of Montana State because they have been the team that has sort of faced this uh, the most often over the last handful of years. Because you're right, I mean, the Cats had, had the best offensive line in uh, – in the Big Sky Conference, they had one of the best defensive. This last year, they had the best offensive line in the Big Sky Conference, and I'd actually argue over the last several years they've had one of, if not the best offensive lines. They've also had one of the best front sevens in the country, and uh, you know, with multiple NFL draft picks and all that, and yet they're getting run roughshod when it comes to just the the point of attack and in the trenches. So uh, it is sort of a an interesting deal. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us here uh, on Duanas. Now, last question for you then. Uh, just I, I, much too early right now, but that's what we do is uh, much too early speculation here on January 17th. Who do you think are the front runners this upcoming year? I mean, what, what sort of, I mean, is South Dakota State going to be once again the team to beat? And I, what do you think of just sort of the other contenders at the football championship subdivision level? Yeah, I think South Dakota State, in my mind, is clearly uh, the number one team going into next year. Um, you know, it would be, obviously, we're, we're a long ways out, uh, a little less than a year out, but it would be um, a bit of a surprise if South Coast State doesn't win it uh, again next year. Uh, you know, you never know what the bracket and injuries and stuff like that, but if South Coast State stays healthy, I think they have a really good chance to go 11-0 and uh, in, in the regular season, uh, get home field advantage. When you look at who they have coming back, I mean, they, they really have every, every person coming back besides, uh, you know, a couple of their tight ends, including Tucker Kraft, but, uh, you know, they've, they've had – you know, four really good seniors that walked on senior day that were expected to leave all decided to come back for a sixth year using that COVID extra year of eligibility. Uh, two of their best offensive linemen in Greenfield and McCormick, and then their two standout wide receivers, the Yankee twins, uh, they all decided to come back for a sixth year next year. And you have Bronowski back, you have Isaiah Davis back, uh, Adam Bach is back. And so that South Coast State squad is going to be loaded this upcoming season. Uh, I still think NDSU is, is that number two team, uh, the top challenger to South Dakota State. Uh, the Bison have a lot of questions, not just quarterback. You know, defensive line wasn't all that great this year. Linebackers, they didn't really have that dude at linebacker. They lose their two senior safeties. You know, they need to find a go-to wide receiver that can be consistent. And so NDSU has plenty of questions, but at the same time, I think they are the number two team um, in the country. And then after that, uh, I do think Montana State uh, deserves to be the three team, the number three team going into next year. Uh, again, you know, slowly getting there, uh, slowly making progress year after year. Um, I thought – you know, I thought this year for Montana State was honestly just as impressive as last year, uh, which totally. might sound weird because they didn't they didn't make it to the title game. But just with the, all the new faces, I thought this year's you know performance was was really impressive, um, and they had a lot of sophomore standouts. So, so I think Montana State, if if there is one team not from the Dakotas that can win it all next year, you know, I do think it is Montana State. But I think it's it's kind of South Coast State has a gap between them and NDSU, and then there, there, there still is a gap between NDSU and Montana State, in my opinion, going into, going into next year. So we'll, we'll probably see the, those three, same three teams in the semifinals. And then after that, you know, I don't know, UIW, if they can make it back, maybe a Holy Cross, maybe a Sanford. Um, you know, the, a team like that, I think, will, will be the fourth team in the semifinals. Fascinating football year-round, as always. Sam Herder, Hero Sports. You can find all of his great writing and reporting and analysis at Herosports.com. And uh, he will join us uh, as often as possible, at least I hope, uh, throughout uh, the year, but specifically during football season. Sam, thanks so much for all your great work, man. We really appreciate all the insight. Love hanging out with you here uh, weekly on Nuanas Now, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon down the road. But uh, if we don't talk to you for a little while, be well, and I'll be in touch. But thanks so much for giving us so much time this season. All right, that sounds great with me, and uh, I always appreciate coming on. There you go. Sam Herder, Hero Sports. A font of information. Love talking ball with that guy. Away from football into a variety of other sports. Treasure State Stars, some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas is now ESPN Radio.
College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday. Let's dive into our Treasure State Stars. I look at some of the best individual performances from across the uh, state of Montana from the week that was. It's presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union. A great place to get a loan, one of the best places in Western Montana, because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State star number one, how about a pair of Montana Grizzly basketball players? The 1,000-point mark is one that remains a hallowed one. Certainly a difficult mark to achieve during a college basketball career. I thought this was sort of uh, symmetrical and and, uh, maybe coincidental, but also fitting. Josh Bannon from the University of Montana men's basketball team and Carmen G. Feller of the Lady Grizz uh, women's basketball team each surpassed 1,000 points over the weekend. They were also each uh, the 35th men and and woman, respectively, to do that at the University of Montana. I thought that was interesting that there was... uh, Exactly. They, they each were the 35th to get to 1,000 points, and they did it sort of simultaneously, although Josh Bannon, a junior, Carmen G. Feller, uh, a, a fifth-year senior. But either way, uh, good accomplishment for both of those uh, athletes, and uh, congratulations to each of them. Charter State star number two, Darian White. She had 18 points last night against Idaho, bringing her to over 1,500 points. So uh, she continues to climb the all-time scoring list at Montana State. It's a it's an amazing testament to her because Darian White can certainly score the basketball, but that's so far down the list of the way that she impacts games. I have long proclaimed her as one of the best players in the Big Sky, if not the best player in the Big Sky. I think she she is the the best. She she's the player that most impacts winning. In the Big Sky Conference, and she has been that since her freshman year when she was the freshman of the year in the Big Sky. So then the fact that she has uh, scored at such a prolific rate despite not even really being a scorer is uh, a testament to her vast skill set. I think Darian White's going to play basketball for a long time if she so desires uh, after her career at Montana State's over, but her career at Montana State to this point has been phenomenal. She's certainly one of the best Bobcats of all time. And uh, she certainly looks like she is has her team starting to play its best basketball. The Montana State women were up and down early on in the conference pl- in, in conference play, and uh, now they uh, have won several in a row. They swept the uh, road trip this last weekend, winning at Idaho State on Thursday, and then winning at Weber State on Saturday, and then they uh, followed it up with a nice win over Idaho. Last night in Bozeman, so the Bobcat women now five and two, heading into the rivalry matchup with uh, the Lady Grizz uh, on Saturday at Dahlberg Arena. Treasure State star number three. How about a pair of high school basketball hoopers, a pair of young ladies, the first two members of the Forty Point Club this year for prep hoops in the state of Montana. Brooke 
Bedinovac, I think is how you say it. She is a Butte Central product, and she scored 42 points, which is the highest point total for a boy or a girl so far in Montana this year. And it came in a loss. Uh, great win by Stevensville's girls over Butte Central. But uh, Bedinovac had 40 in that game, so very 42 in that game, excuse me. And then Tavy Duncan of Custer Heisham, she scored 40 in her team's win over Northern Cheyenne. So a couple of the first 40-point games at the high school hoops level. you got to remember, high school hoops is only 32 minutes long. It's four eight-minute quarters. So if you're scoring more than a point, I mean, 30 points is a huge game in high school hoops, let alone 40. I don't care what classification it's at. If you're scoring 42 points in a 32-minute game, that's amazing. I mean, you are... You are filling it up, if that's the case. So congratulations to those two young ladies. Uh, great performances by them. Trusay star number four. How about the Missoula Hellgate basketball teams? They swept Crosstown this last weekend, beating Missoula Sentinel, both the boys and the girls did. And a couple seniors led the way. Connor Dick, one of the best players in Class AA, he had 28 points against the Spartans to lead the way. He also had one of the dunks of the year so far in high school hoops. I uh, love following along to uh, the local and statewide TV people that post these highlights on their Twitter machines. And uh, Dick had a, a great breakaway, and it was almost even contested, even though he was on a fast break, but threw it down with authority uh, to, to light up Hellgate's gym, so that was pretty cool to watch. And uh, the other key player for the Hellgate girls, Alex Coville. She's headed to Washington State. Uh, both of her parents played basketball at the, at the University of Montana, but Coville is a six foot six center who has unique size at the AA level, one of the tallest players that I can remember in Class AA. And she had 14 points and nine blocks to help lead the Hellgate girls past uh, the Sentinel girls in a crosstown matchup. Thursday star number five, the Missoula Loyola boys. They remain undefeated. They are now 7 0 after yet another lopsided victory. There's a lot of young men on that team that played football that uh, sort of had an up-and-down regular season that made the great charge all the way to the Class B State Championship game. And they're, they're, very, they're a very salty squad at the Class B ranks. They're looking like uh, one of the top teams in the state. They're currently ranked uh, number one in uh, Class B right now. Oh, excuse me. I, I had uh, looked at the uh, not-updated standings. They are 10-0 now, Missoula Loyola is. So 10 straight victories. That is the most to start the season uh, in Montana, other than Lustre Christian and uh, Harleton Rygate Judith Gap, a couple Class C squads. Oh, Hart Butte, also 10-0. So three, there's four total 10-0 boys teams, but one of them is uh, Missoula Loyola. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the high school basketball polls and uh, take you through some of the, the best starts here at sort of the midpoint of the season. But that is your Treasure State Stars. Presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, great place in Western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Free Tagliari. That means free sandwiches or whatever you want to get at the awesome Italian style market. We got a $25 gift card for you next. Keep it right here. Tag Tuesday. Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. Building a funky mood where I made the playlist today. A little rat-a-tat for you here on your Tuesday. <laughs> Ryan Tutel, former co-host of the show and myself, we used to have endless music debates. And uh, every time I play a sort of a song like that that I don't really know if, if most of the listeners... I don't know. I bet you there's a fair amount of you out there. Hey, here's an idea. I've got an idea. If you know who Rat-a-tat is... Text me your favorite Ratatat song. That'll get you entered in to win free Taglieri. We got $25 gift card to Taglieri. They have uh, awesome sandwiches. That's what keeps you coming back for more. But they also have a great selection of Italian-style goods, pasta sauces, olive oils, 
all that sort of stuff. And they have a phenomenal old world wine section as well. So if you want an opportunity to win 25 bucks from Tagliari, text us what your favorite Ratatat song is. Or if you don't know who Ratatat is, you can tell me who the hell's Ratatat and text that too. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. I used to, we used to have this endless debate over whether uh, which percentage of our uh, listeners knew who Macklemore was. And uh, I thought it was a lot lower than Ryan did. Ryan was estimating 80 to 90% of our listeners knew who Macklemore was. I said, no way, not close, maybe one out of three if we're lucky. I'm wondering how many of you know who Ratatat is, <laughs> and if so, what's your favorite song? So text us, that'll get you entered in to win a $25 gift card to tag the area. The number, 406-888-1029. That's 888 Call or text right now. Let us know what you think of Ratatat. If you know who they are, if you don't know who they are, whatever. Disengage with us. 406-888-1029. Thanks so much to Tagliari for their continued support of us. They have a new location going in right there in the Sawmill District, right by my house here in Missoula. So that'll be a, a great location for me, especially in the summer. I can just walk over there, get myself a Sammy. Uh, it's going in there right below uh, in the new Cognizant building there in the Sawmill District one of the uh, the burgeoning areas uh, in the ever-growing town of Missoula. We've been giving you history lessons. I wanted to get this done all in 2022, but didn't quite get there. Uh, for those that ha- have not been following along, I got this sweet book, 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. The caveat here is that it came out in 1954, so it's the 100 Greatest Sports Heroes of the first half of the 20th century. And it's a fun exercise because sometimes you remember Sometimes you need to be reminded. Sometimes it's unbelievable uh, how much the legend has carried for now, you know, close to 100 years. Or it's also striking how often we forget about some of the legends of the first half of the 20th century. We are 120 pages into this 145-page book and still have some pretty reputable uh, athletes and sports figures to go. But today we're going to learn about Amos Alonzo Stagg. The D3 National Championship game is still named after Amos Alonzo Stagg. I'm going to read this from uh, this, uh, this passage. It was a warm summer day back in 1892. Two men met in New York at a famous hotel for lunch. One of them was the nationally known Dr. Harper, recently appointed president of the new University of Chicago. The other was a handsome young athlete named Amos Alonzo Stagg, famous at Yale as a pitcher on the baseball team, more noted as an end on the football team. Stagg had been elected to the first All-American team in college football in 1889 by Walter Camp. He had been out of Yale for two years and had since been coaching and teaching at Springfield College. Dr. Harper liked the looks of this young man. As lunch ended, he made a proposition. I'd like you to join us at the University of Chicago, Harper said. We're just beginning to organize a faculty, and you seem to be like the sort we'd like to build with. He hesitated and said, I can pay you $1,500 a year. Imagine that. <laughs> like $100 a month is what the the offer was. Stagg remained silent. Make it $2,500 and an associate professorship in physical education, Dr. Harper said. Will you come? Stagg looked up. Dr. Harper, he began slowly. You know I studied for the ministry. Dr. Harper nodded. I think I can do as much good in athletics as I can at the pulpit. I'll be happy to come to Chicago if you let me combine athletics and physical education in one department. The two men shook hands on it. Stagg returned to Springfield to get his things together, and as soon as he was on his way to Chicago to become a teacher and a coach at a brand-new university at a time when the now-famous Chicago Midway was only a cow pasture. Fast forward, and uh, Amos Alonzo Stagg coached for 41 seasons. He coached all the way until his 71st birthday. He's one of the all-time leading uh, leaders in, in college football wins, and uh, he is famously remembered as the dean of the football coaches, a guy that uh, certainly had a pivotal role uh, in the rise of college football. All in all, Stagg remained an active college football coach for 65 consecutive years. No man in history ever came close to his fantastic record of gridiron longevity. When the dean of all football coaches was 95 years old, he was still dabbling in the game as an advisor. Fun one worth remembering for sure. How about one more history lesson here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio? This is one that, if you study the history of baseball, 
uh, you certainly have probably heard of. It's Casey Stangle. He was the manager of the New York Yankees for years and years. For years, Casey Stengel laughed his way through baseball, and the world had laughed along with him. As a player, he'd been famous for his antics, his wit, his gags, and his anecdotes. As a manager, he'd been noted particularly for piloting the worst teams any club had ever fielded. And as club president, Casey had fired himself as manager so he could take a better job elsewhere. As a dentist when he was a young man, his left-handedness had proved too great of a handicap to overcome, so he became a Major League Baseball manager. Uh, he was the manager of the New York Yankees uh, in the 40s and the 50s, so he had the uh, the great honor of managing when uh, Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle were playing uh, for the Yankees. And... Uh, he also helped lead the Yankees to five consecutive American League pennants and five consecutive World Series titles. Both of those were records, and I believe to this day have never been replicated before. Uh, an interesting one, to be sure. But uh, at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, he had piloted the Yankees to seven pennants and six World Series championships. Casey Stengel, one of the great managers in Major League Baseball history. Andrew, I know you like chiming in on this historic baseball stuff. Do you have any thoughts or uh, or any uh, anything to add on uh, on Casey Stengel? I mean, the story of him firing himself is definitely one of the, the memorable stories in baseball. Uh, do you know how he got the nickname Casey? No, tell me. He's from Kansas City. Ooh, okay. There you go. Became uh, legendary for that. Uh, what else, Jeff? You got anything? Stafford's got nothing. <laughs> He's prepping for hockey. Did I mention that Grizz Hockey's back? Yes, I did. But they have 1230 games tomorrow and on uh, Thursday. Williston State finally going to make their way to Missoula. It's been uh, a tough go to get from Williston to Missoula for Williston State. But they'll be in town Thursday and Friday, or Wednesday and Thursday, excuse me, for makeup games. 1230 puck drop from the Glacier Ice Rink. But then on Friday and Saturday, uh, Back to uh, the uh, more traditional puck drop times. So uh, Grizz Hockey uh, back in full force. Keep those texts coming in. You can tell me you just want sandwiches. That's fine. Tag Larry Tuesday. <laughs> or just tell me what your favorite Ratatat song is, or if you even know about Ratatat, or if you're like, Coulter, who the hell's Ratatat? Any of that stuff works. 406 1029 That's 888 888- one zero two nine, and uh, we appreciate Taglieri for their continued uh, support of us uh, here uh, at Nuanas. Now, I wanted to go through the uh, the high school basketball uh, latest polls, courtesy of four six mtsports.com. Here's what we're looking like. At the AA level, in boys basketball, Billings West is the number one squad, but everybody in AA has lost at least once, if not twice. West is number one, Helena High is number two, and Helena High is a team on the come-up because not only are they good this year, but they have a lot of young players. A couple of their best players, in fact, are sophomores. So that'll be interesting to watch that group of young guys grow. Billings Skyview is number three. They're 6-2. and two. Hellgate is number four at 6-2. and two. Helena Capital, the defending AA champions, or five and two in girls double A, Helena Capital remains number one, but they do have a loss. Hel- Missoula Hellgate beat them. Billings West is five and one, and they're number two. Bozeman Gallatin on the come up, they're five and two, and they are number three this week. Defending double A girls champion Billings Skyview is number four, they are six and two, and Missoula Hellgate is number five, they are five and two so far. In A on the uh, boys side. Lewistown, who was the runner-up last year, lost on that famous buzzer beater by Dougie Peoples here in Missoula at the Class A tournament. They're undefeated, 8-0. It's a great group of young men. They had a great run uh, in football the last two years, culminating with the A championship in football this last year. They had the runner-up finish in basketball, and now they look like the favorite in uh, Class A. But Butte Central, Billing Central are both going to push them. And uh, they're 2-3 and three so far this week, respectively. And Hamilton comes in at number 4 in the poll, and Columbia Falls uh, is number five. On the girls' side in Class A, Billings Central is 8-0, and they're number one. Dillon, 10-0, and they're number two. Browning, 8-0, and they're number three. Laurel has one loss, and they're ranked number four, and Harden sits at number five. 
in Class B, Missoula Loyola is number one in boys, Big Fork two, Fairfield three, Columbus four, and Wolf Point is five. And in Class B, girls, Big Fork number one, Huntley Project number two, Malta is number three, Baker number four, and Big Timber is number five. So there you go. That's some uh, around the uh, world of high school hoops in terms of the uh, the rankings and who's doing great. Oh, but I should not leave out Class C. In Class C, on the girls' side, Seiko Whitewater Hinsdale is out to an 11-0 start, and they are number one. Roy Winifred's number two, Plentywood number three, Manhattan Christian number four, and Chinook is number five. And in Class C on the boys' side, Lustre Christian, who we talked about, uh, bizarre and and interesting and cool story. This is a school that's not even in a town. It's somewhere near Wolf Point. It's a private academy, but they and they have a collection of players, some from out of state, some from internationally, which is fascinating as well. But they are 10-0 and and number one in Class C. Harleton, Rygate, Judith Gap is number two. West Yellowstone, number three. Manhattan Christian is number four. And Belt is number five. So we'll continue to give you coverage of high school hoops from around the state of Montana. But there's your polls uh, for this week. One last chance. Text us, 406-888-1029. Text us whatever you want to text us about your chance to win a $25 gift card to Taglieri. Taglieri Tuesday, every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. How does the humanization of elite athletes impact the marketability and endorsement potential of said athletes? How much is live streaming and TV broadcasts impacting attendance at sporting events? And what's better for the NFL, Tom Brady losing or Tom Brady winning? We discuss all of it. Next, on the business angle with Justin Angle, Nuan is now hour number two coming back at you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. 